coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, how to heal your body and heal your gut with the carnivore diet. Focus on you and in your needs and what works for you and not just what is trendy or what is um, other people are doing or mainstream because that comparison, social media gets us trapped in that very often. So if you are going to do it and experiment, do it for you know the why that you're doing it for. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp podcast, best-selling author of four books, and I'm excited to bring on Austin Cudvelli today. Austin has an incredible story she's going to share with you. We're going to dive deep into the carnivore diet. As you may know, I'm a big fan of carnivore. As a matter of fact, this month I am doing carnivore with a lot of the students in my Keto Camp Academy. We're going to get into her story. We're going to explain how she made the transition from standard American diet to paleo to keto and then carnivore and how carnivore made the biggest difference for her. She identifies herself as a science nerd. You're going to hear why. We're going to discuss the importance of organ meats and how to make organ meats more palatable. We're going to discuss the connection, if there is a connection, between meat, cancer, and heart disease. We also get into the conversation of troubleshooting carnivore. What if you experience diarrhea? What should you do? What if you experience the opposite, constipation? What should you do? We talk about that. You're also going to hear why she is not a fan of drinking water close to your meals and what that can do to impact your HCL levels. We also discuss how to break carnivore and transition back to keto or paleo or whatever approach you're following. So sit back. You're going to enjoy this amazing conversation with the awesome Austin Cavelli. Before I dive in with her, I want to take a minute here to get to the Apple podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Baker Wen titled Gratitude. In thinking what I'm grateful for, one thing is people like Ben. I have been doing keto for two years with a great deal of success, but still with issues of losing hair and weight loss stalls. I am so thankful for this podcast and all the guests that share what they have learned and how the body works. This is such a great resource of information. Baker Wen, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show and for leaving that amazing rating and review. I appreciate you so very much. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please take a second here to pause the show, scroll down on your phone, and leave an honest rating and review. It really does help the show grow and impact more lives. I have something exciting to share with you. We are going to be hosting another free seven-day keto challenge. 
and this is gonna be our best one yet. We've done this in the past, and we've had people join from all over the world, and for seven days, we're gonna take a deep dive into the science of keto, the science of intermittent fasting, but not only that, we're gonna get into the carnivore diet, how to practice keto flexing for long-term results, what about insulin resistance and diabetes? How do you do keto and fasting for that? What if you're a woman versus a man? How do you do it differently? We'll get into that. And we have confirmed special guest speakers for this upcoming challenge, and I'm gonna reveal them right now. So the challenge starts on January 9th, 2023, which is a Monday, when what a perfect way to start the year off with me and my special guest. So here are our confirmed speakers for our next challenge. We have Dr. Mindy Pels, who is a rock star. She just released her new book, Fast Like a Girl, and she's a leading authority on how to practice intermittent fasting for women, and she's gonna talk about that during the challenge. Our second speaker is Dr. Daniel Pampa, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, my personal mentor. He's gonna come on and talk about diet variation and fasting strategies, and he's gonna blow your mind and teach you how incredible the human body is. Next, we have Megan Ramos. Megan is a dear friend of mine, and she works hand-in-hand with Dr. Jason Fung, and she's gonna come on and teach you how to practice ketosis and intermittent fasting to reverse type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance. And our final confirmed speaker is Dr. Boz. You probably follow her on her amazing YouTube channel. Dr. Annette Boz has been on the show before, and she's gonna come on during this challenge and teach you all about testing your blood glucose levels, A1C, what does it mean, how to uh, get the right test done, and how to use ketone fasting for brain health, and how to overcome addiction, diabetes, depression, and autoimmune problems. We have some other special speakers and surprises that I'm not gonna reveal yet, and we are giving away over $10,000 in free prizes for those who join us from our official sponsors. We're gonna give away six months worth of coffee from Purity Coffee, a Redmond's Real Salt and Electrolyte Bundle. We're gonna give away a bundle from Paleo Valley. We're going to give away boxes of good ideas, functional sparkling water. We're going to give away health codes, keto shakes, kettle and fire bone broth, kinetic exogenous ketone bottles, and pure form supplements, and a one-year membership to our signature program, the Keto Camp Academy. That alone is $4,000 in retail. So if you wanna join us for seven days and qualify to win these free prizes and watch our amazing speakers, this is for you. Let's start 2023 off with a bang. Starts January 9th and it finishes on January 16th. All you need to do is go to ketocampchallenge.com. Remember, camp is spelled with a K ketocampchallenge.com or click the link in the podcast notes below and register your free spot. It is completely free. You have a couple of options to upgrade your experience. Other than that, it is free and I can't wait to have you on this challenge. It is gonna be our best one yet. And yes, you could join from anywhere in the world. It is not only in the United States. You could join from anywhere. All you need is internet access and access to Facebook. KetoCampChallenge.com, I can't wait to start the new year off with you. All right, let's dive into carnivore with Austin Cavelli. 
Austin Cavelli is a physician assistant and dietary consultant using the carnivore diet to help people reduce inflammation, get lean, and improve their health. She holds a master's in medical sciences from Cornell and takes an approach of food quality and bio-individuality to helping people. Her website is qualitycarnivore.com, and here is Austin. Austin Cavelli, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be on here with you. So you identify yourself as a science nerd. I think that's awesome because yes. <laughs> I'm right there with you. When did that get started? How did you uh, get so obsessed with science? Yeah, so actually in high school, I was a big science nerd. I was introduced, particularly it was uh, human anatomy uh, and physiology class. And that was kind of when we started dissections and, and things like that. Of course, it wasn't human yet, but we would do like, you know, your the dissection of the frog or the, the I think we did a calf's eyeball and all of those things just really interested me. Dissection, particularly like getting very hands-on. And then we would dive into the research and the things, you know, behind the science. And so I continue that into college by doing research, reading a lot. It was particularly uh, research in addiction and alcohol addiction. And then I went on after college to do more research in Alzheimer's disease. So science has been a, a big part of my journey. And as in college, I studied psychobiology, which is kind of a, a mix, uh, neuroscience of um, psychology and biology, um, more so the application of it in clinical settings as far as humans. Uh, so that was really interesting to me as well. And I carried that on, like I said, into more research right out of school. I was pre-med and was still deciding, you know, what route I wanted to take, whether that was NP or PA or MD, uh, and I ended up going the PA route. But I, I worked in research in the interim between college and going to PA school to really kind of solidify that choice. And that was, again, in, in research. So always have been a science nerd. I love kind of having that data to stand behind things and just reading more into it. So I'll, I'll go on down rabbit holes all the time. And I, I personally did that even with my own um, health throughout this, this period. So. Yeah. And your story is really inspiring. I know that you had some health challenges and you kind of did a, a typical transition. Uh, well, I shouldn't say typical. Typical is kind of paleo to keto, but then you went even further and did carnivore. So how did that happen? What were you struggling with and why did you decide to do those those steps there? Yeah, so I um, struggled mainly with digestive issues. Uh, I had seen gastroenterologists um, since I was, I think it was in my like maybe 13, like right on the onset of, of becoming a teenager. And I had had multiple colonoscopies, multiple endoscopies, digestion, like it was like chronic constipation, chronic pains with um, with food uh, to the point where it became like, oh God, like, I don't know what to eat. So slowly my brother had actually moved out to Portland and paleo was just becoming a thing then. So he's like, hey, let's try this. Everybody's doing it around here. So I said, sure, why not? It makes sense, like whole foods and maybe it'll help with, with my digestive issues. So at that point, I, the only thing I really cut out was dairy. I just knew I was lactose intolerant. Uh, so started to cutting out more, um, and then noticed that particularly with certain uh, vegetables, plants, that things were, as I cut them out, things were getting better, particularly the cruciferous vegetables. Uh, and then I kind of went, uh, there was overlap oftentimes with 
Well, if you increase more of, of the fats and get rid of um, some of the grain or the nuts and seeds and things like that, um, some people potentially do better. So there was overlap with some of that looking into keto recipes. So I said, all right, let me kind of take this a little step further. And it was more so the focus on increasing fat and becoming fat adapted because cruciferous vegetables are still considered keto, like the cauliflower and, and even nuts. Um, so it wasn't necessarily for that reason, but more like, oh, maybe if higher fat will be better for digestion. And I did notice definite improvements, but there were just still so many different triggers for me. So uh, eventually, though, it was, I had to convince myself because carnivore is, you know, you're just told fruits and vegetables provide your vitamins and minerals. So of course, I went down the rabbit holes. I was looking at all the, the research behind it, the studies, and even particularly on, I was focusing on a lot about the fiber. And it was not until I went carnivore and completely cut fiber out that I, uh, my digestive issues resolved. Wow. So what, what was the initial spark to explore carnivore? What, what did it? Well, at the point, I was at a point in keto really where I was, believe it or not, the only thing that I was consuming was like lettuce um, and some and spinach and avocado. So then I saw kind of the whole thing about oxalates, which made sense to me. Um, and I was having some joint pain at that time. So I said, all right, let me do away with that. Even though in my mind, it was like, oh, this seems so simple. Like spinach is such a benign food that I, I again, read into the anti-nutrients. And that is what made sense to me that, yes, like if a plant doesn't want to be eaten, it's going to create, like just with evolution, it's going to create these mechanisms to avoid that happening. That makes complete sense. It was reading about that that I said, okay, Let's just cut it all out. It can be temporary, but let's just see what happens. And uh, yeah, everything just aligned. <laughs> it does make sense of uh, the anti-nutrients and how they want to survive. And they developed this for survival mechanisms. So you mentioned joint pain as one of the symptoms you were getting. What other symptoms did you experience? And then what are just in general common symptoms people might be getting right now? And it's the anti-nutrients that might be causing it. Yeah, so joint pain is definitely a big one, particularly with the oxalates. Other things that I had was the chronic constipation, just not moving my bowels regularly. And it wasn't necessarily painful, but it was just that, like, I just felt this fullness that was, I, I never felt that even when I did have a bowel movement, that it was constant bloating related to the fact that I wasn't having bowel movements. The other things that I noticed that I didn't necessarily what wasn't necessarily looking for was continued improvement in mental clarity as well as sleep. Um, these are things that definitely improved for me um, uh, on keto, but it def it went a step further with carnivore with that energy level as well. So at this point, I don't need an alarm to get up. I wake up routinely at the same time, and my energy in the morning is is fire. Like I'm I'm ready to go going back to sleep isn't really even an option. As far as joint pain, very commonly I see this, uh, and many people turn to carnivore for this reason, uh, whether it's an autoimmune condition like um, rheumatoid or um, just osteoarthritis, that is progressive joint pain over time due to wearing of the cushion of the joints. But yeah, a lot of it is can be related to the anti-nutrients, specifically oxalates. And 
I've seen many, many improvements in clients uh, with a carnivore approach. Me too. Me too. I, I love it as a tool. So let's get a little bit deeper into what these anti-nutrients are doing to our digestive tract. Uh, you mentioned oxalates, but there's also lectins and there's phytates and there's many, many others. So what exactly is it doing? And how come some people could thrive off of these anti-nutrients, but some like you, for example, are getting beat up by them? Yeah. So I think it is, it is very bio-individual, but I don't necessarily think that some people are thriving on the anti-nutrients. I would actually encourage them to take them away and see if there is a new level of health, because I do think they affect they do affect us all. It's just to what level. So in terms of the anti-nutrients, the, the ones that you had um, named, of course, all of these are really have an effect on our gut. It's the lining of our gut causing leaky gut. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, what people have kind of been drawn to, to fix this is to just keep introducing probiotics or prebiotics. And I like to use the analogy that, you know, you first, you have to clean the tank and make sure that the tank is, is ready, good to go. There's no holes in it. Um, there's no leaks. And then you can reintroduce, you know, the fish or the bacteria in the sense of the probiotics. So it's by just adding probiotics to the mix, the gut is still not ideal um, as far as the environment, whether it's for those bacteria or just in general. I mean, it's it's still inflamed because of those anti-nutrients. So really the focus needs to be on removing the anti-nutrients in order to heal the gut temporarily. This is what uh, is very helpful in a carnivore approach and using it as an elimination tool to heal the gut, which can take a couple of weeks for sure, um, just to even see some improvements. Six weeks, three months is usually a good range, but depending on, you know, if you've had years and years of antibiotics or been on birth control for years, like there's many other other things, pharmacological interventions that could have affected your gut as well. So it's the combination of the anti-nutrients from plants, you know, what you've used in the past as far as medications, even the what many gastroenterologists give us for gastritis is the proton uh, pump inhibitors, which is your meprazole, your pantoprazole, um, the over-the-counter Zantac, Pepsid, all of those things also affect your gut. So in fact, it's the opposite of what they're telling us that you need more fiber and you need more, um, you need to cut out the acid. No, you actually need more acid and you need to get rid of the fiber. Um, So these things also play a role, but ultimately the lining is what is affected and that is why many people have digestive issues. Yeah, I would estimate most people have some form of leaky gut to the degree. Absolutely. Yeah, to the degree though, it's, it depends on how severe it is. Uh, and I love I love the way that you view it because I'm the same uh, wavelength with you with with probiotics. You're not going to fix your gut by just throwing in probiotics. You got to remove no, the holes. Drinking kombucha and thinking I, it's a exactly. miracle drink. <laughs> Plus, if you take the same probiotic over and over and over, then you actually create a monocultures, and it actually could be worse for you. So, whenever you do introduce the probiotics back in after you have fixed the gut, then you still want to rotate those species, the bacteria. Yeah, and that that actually brings up another good point. Uh, just in the sense of carnivore, uh, many people say, "Oh, well, you know, your your gut, your microbiome is going to be very limited." I think that's important to point out when people turn to beef, water, and salt, and they say, "Oh, I just I'm not feeling like everyone else is feeling. I I don't feel well." 
Um, sometimes I think it's because of the lack of variety by just doing beak water and salt over extended periods of time. So I do, even with an elimination approach, um, while it can be a great tool, I don't recommend it um, over the long run. I think variety is important for the reason of the gut bacteria. I agree. Variety is super important. And you talked about fiber. Fiber was an issue for you. You removed it. You felt better. A lot of people are skeptical about doing carnivore because they think they need fiber to be regular. So how would you educate somebody on that? Yeah. So first and foremost, when you are switching to a carnivore diet, there's a lot of, you know, scary stories about what you are going to be very constipated and not go as frequently, or you are going to have, you know, this explosive diarrhea that Joe Rogan had talked about on his podcast. So it can be one or the other. And a lot of it is due to uh, the diarrhea is more so because everything is moving pretty quickly through your gut because you don't have the fiber to slow it down. So it's just moving more quickly versus the constipation is that you are absorbing most all of this food because it is very nutrient dense and your body is using it to heal um, the leaky gut. So for that reason, you may not go as frequently. This isn't necessarily constipation unless you feel very bloated and you're having pain related to it. It's just that you don't need to get rid of as much because your body's absorbing it. So this does occur in waves in the first couple of weeks of switching to a carnivore diet. And this is very, very normal. Oh, great answer. So for the diarrhea part, let's say somebody, because I've seen that before with some of my, my students, they do carnivore, we do like a 30 day carnivore challenge, and they get diarrhea that first week. Is there anything we can do to help with that? Yeah, so oftentimes it is just due to the change, like I said, the lack of the fiber to slow it down, but also the increased amounts of fat. So oftentimes I will say, you know, just go a little bit more heavy on your protein or stay away from the rendered fats, which means the fats that have been cooked um, and have become liquid, uh, because those, again, if it's in more of a liquid form, it's going to run right through you. So even if you were to eat, you know, the fat uh, or, or cook your steak where that fat remains more solid, um, some people, for example, with bone marrow, cooking that fat to where it's completely liquid, I would not. I would make it where it's a little bit more kind of in the middle between solid and, and liquid to prevent that, um, that diarrhea. So limiting the, the liquid fat would be my first suggestion. Great suggestion. I love that. I know that you're a big fan of keeping water, like drinking water away from your meals. Why is that? Yeah. So uh, again, the thought behind this is uh, around the stomach acid. When you are eating a carnivore diet, you are eating a lot of protein, which does require um, a good amount of stomach acid to break it down, to break down the amino acids. So in order to maximize stomach acid, I like to prevent water 30 minutes before and after a meal. If you're gonna have it during, you know, a couple sips, just not chugging water. Um, and then the other thing is also the temperature of the water. So it does take our body, um, you know, more effort, more energy with cold water. So even if you are going to have it, you know, 30 minutes before or after, room temperature water I think is best just not to to stress the uh, the body and to make sure that you can focus on the digestion of the food that you're eating. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. When I go to restaurants and they ask me if I want water and I, I typically say no, I, I never really drink water with my meals. The only exception is if I'm taking some supplements, then I'll just drink a couple sips of water, but that's not a big deal. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day 
for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Uh, and speaking of supplements, what are some of your must-haves on on carnivore do you recommend organ meat complex do you recommend boron are there any supplements that you recommend yeah so i am a minimalist in the sense of supplements i honestly do not support organ supplements i think if you are going to incorporate organs i think it's best to do it with whole foods that's kind of the premise behind going keto and going carnivore is to focus on whole foods to begin with so you know when these things are available in a whole food form, um, it, I think it's best to, to do, use that form as opposed to a supplement as the supplement is processed. And we want to, you know, we're eliminating processed foods, so why not eliminate processed supplements? As far as things that I do find are important, uh, particularly when someone is just starting a carnivore diet, are the electrolytes. And that's really to kind of mitigate the keto flu um, type of symptoms if they are becoming fat adapted. So I do think those are important. And a lot of these minerals are not in our soil any longer. So that's another um, another one that I don't have a problem with supplementing is magnesium. It's just not in our soil. You know, we're, we're essentially drinking this water that's filtered that has nothing in it. It's kind of like dead water. So adding trace minerals to the water, supplementing with magnesium. I like magnesium glycinate. It helps a lot just also with sleep and in a, the setting of a carnivore diet to get that extra glycine for the glycine dining ratios i think that's helpful as well versus you can know you talk, could you talk about more about that the glycine uh, methionine ratios and why it's important to optimize that yeah so a lot of people um you can have higher amounts of uh, the methionine with because you are consuming these large amounts of muscle meat so in order to balance that for biochemical reasons for biochemical processes and energy it is important to have enough glycine as well. So for that reason, I like the, the magnesium glycinate. Magnesium citrate, on the other hand, will have more of a laxative effect. And so I don't recommend that. There are other other forms of magnesium, but magnesium glycinate is kind of my go-to. Yeah, I'm a big fan of glycinate. I rotate between glycinate, three and eight malate, and sometimes I'll use like a nano, a nano magnesium as well. Okay. 
What have you noticed with the any any differences as far as how it makes you feel? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll track my sleep, like look at my deep sleep, and I've noticed when I take a nano magnesium particle, like from upgraded formulas, I'll get a little bit a little bit more deep sleep. Then I'll notice if I take something like a three and eight during the day, I feel like it's kind of like a nootropic to me. Uh, and then a glycinate, I just feel I just go more regularly, and I also get better yeah. sleep with glycinate. Yeah, so yeah, I, it's, I've heard good things about the three and eight. I have not tried it yet myself though. And what was the the company that you use for it? Um, for well, the three and eight, I usually use. I've used Life Extension and okay. uh, Pure Encapsulations. Yes, Pure Encapsulations is my go-to. Yeah, they're terrific. And then for the nano. The nano magnesium, I love upgraded formulas because they make a really small particle which has the ability to cross the blood, the uh, cell membrane. So that one's really cool too. I rotate between all of those. Okay, I love it. Awesome. Yeah, supplement companies. It's it is. It's hard to, you know, it's just this thing that isn't really well controlled. And for that reason, especially the organs, there was a study that I read about just the amount that you're actually absorbing from like a, it was pork liver a capsule and it was down to like i want to say uh don't quote me on the number but it was like 18 percent or something that was actually in there wow. that we were actually getting so there's just not enough information about them and i when you can spend you know eight or nine bucks on a pound of of liver it, it doesn't make sense to to go and spend these crazy amounts on supplements in my mind absolutely it's 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 always better to get the whole food. I, I agree. So how do you, because I don't like the taste of organ meat. So what are some strategies to make it taste better? What would you do? Yeah. So everyone is, of course, focused on on liver because, you know, it's the most bang for your buck. But even if you were to start with um, beef heart, very, very mild. It is a muscle. So it, it tastes, the texture of it is like a steak. So I will often tell people to start there. The other one that's kind of fatty and tastes just like a roast is beef tongue very, very easy. And it's, it's a matter of just knowing how to prepare it. So I have had all of the organs, you name it, and I've cooked them all like three and four different ways each to find what provided kind of the best texture. And then what, you know, with some of them, for example, kidneys can have a very strong taste, what kind of mitigated the taste with that without having to just soak it because I, I, I don't do milk with them. being lactose. So you can soak it in like water, salt water um, as an alternative, but yeah, baking it for kidney is by far the best. The grill or even just a pan sear for beef heart, slow cooking a a beef tongue, Um, but heart and tongue are probably the most mild, the least organ-like taste um, by all means. And now there's all these companies that are coming out with dehydrated versions to make it a crisp and to, you know, make it even a vehicle to dip into something or utilize it as nachos or whatever you want. So people are getting creative for sure. It doesn't have to be liver. Correct. Yeah. And as carnivore gets more popular, there's going to be more companies that, that help it uh, become more accessible. How long have you been doing carnivore for? Uh, it's been about three years now. So in the three years, I'm sure you've had like get togethers with friends you haven't seen in years, or you're at a family event. And they're like, oh, do you want to have that burger with the bun? You're like, no, I just eat meat. Like, how do those conversations go? What are some things that have happened during those conversations? Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, it's always, oh, my God, how do you poop? Like, you must not poop. Like, there's no way. So that's always the first discussion. And then I kind of tell them about, you know, my history or more. usually they know some degree that, you know, 
Um, but I explained that cutting out fiber has been so helpful. And then they just, they really always ask just how much I miss things or what I would choose if I could have something. And to be honest, it's, I don't feel restricted in any sense of the way. Like I really look forward to my meals every day. I look, I have so much variety just with all the organs, uh, all the different cuts of steak. And I personally even only do, uh, I do beef and lamb, a very occasional seafood, but really the variety for me is all the organ meats. Um, I don't do ground. I, for whatever reason, it's a texture thing for me. It's almost like eating baby food. Like it's already been chewed for me. So I, I, just don't like it. And I don't do, uh, I pork and very occasionally I'll have like chicken wings because I grew up in upstate New York and wings are just the thing. But yeah, even with those things, like I don't feel restricted, but they do. They ask like, come on, like you must miss pizza. You must want ice cream. And I, I don't, I really don't. Other things is alcohol, which I'm not a drinker and never was. I did it, you know, in college just to fit in, but um, that's never been a thing for me. Uh, even in my family, very, very few people drink, but that's the other thing. So it's it's more so just keeping up with the um, feeling like you're not making other people uncomfortable is kind of what I struggled with at first. So even holding, you know, a water with a lime in it or a lemon in it, it was like, okay, that way people don't continue to ask um, or they don't feel uncomfortable. And making sure that I always bring bring my own, whether it's you know a charcuterie plate to share with people, or um, bringing something that can be put on the grill that's you know like ribs or something where it can be shared, and then people are just like, oh yeah, like so that's fine if I just eat the ribs. They just want to know that you're you're comfortable and you feel part of these kind of the social setting. It's more so about me, which is sounds crazy, but making them comfortable because I'm completely comfortable with all of it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I've been there too. I, I love that. I think that's a good idea of bringing your own food there yeah. and having that available. What about if somebody is afraid of doing carnivore, eating all this red meat because they've seen these studies that show red meat is linked to cancer? What would you? How would you educate that person? Yeah, so it's um, quite the opposite, actually. Uh, ketogenic state. I would I wouldn't um, educate them based on the effects of keto and carnivore in terms of their anti-inflammatory effect on the body, because really that's what it comes down to. It's not about the red meat, the red meat, you know, in in cancer studies, those were not true studies looking at just the consumption of meat. So that those, you know, the parameters were, were not like a carnivore diet and cancer. It really comes down to inflammation. So when you are eliminating these anti-nutrients, you are healing the gut, you are reversing insulin resistance, you're reducing inflammation. That is what ultimately going to cancer is the metabolic disease. So by doing those things, you are actually reversing your chances of getting uh, cancer because you are bringing down the inflammation, you are becoming more insulin sensitive. So I would definitely approach it on on that level. You know, even I was in Manhattan um, for 10 years, Memorial Sloan Kettering, one of the number one cancer centers is there. And they are now implementing a a ketogenic diet for clients, uh, for patients who come to stay with them. So when you are in the hospital, you are going going to eat a ketogenic diet that is going to become their new normal. So they're working on that program right now. So the number one cancer center is, uh, is promoting, you know, this anti-inflammatory ketogenic uh, diet, which a carnivore diet is, it's just a different, 
you know, different version of it in terms of inclusion for foods, um, it's still, you are in a level of ketosis that points to the fact that it does not lead to cancer. Totally. That's awesome about that hospital. Hopefully it's a clean version of keto, not the vegetable oil, yes, industrial yeah, seed oil. Know, yeah. right? We don't want <laughs> that. Having the cheese wisps and oh, yeah. the we don't, we don't want that. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully no, it's a no, clean no. version. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's all about inflammation. Yeah. That's what it really comes down to in, in whether it's a ketogenic, I work with both ketogenic and uh, diets and carnivore diets. And that really is what it comes down to. When anyone comes to me with a medical concern, uh, whether it's someone in their family or, you know, with a history of it and they don't want to get it or that they have been diagnosed with it, that's what it comes down to is reversing that inflammation. There are so many researched benefits to having good fat in your diet, but there is just one little problem with all this healthy fat. If you can't properly digest the fat in your diet, chances are you won't feel that great. And a lot of people lack the one key nutrient needed to digest fat. To really get the best results from any diet, whether it's carnivore, paleo, keto, or even vegan, I found there are three things that can really help optimize your results. First, enhance your digestion and elimination. Second, boost your cellular energy. And third, rev up your fat-burning metabolism. And one of the best aids to a ketogenic lifestyle that I've ever found comes from my friends over at Bioptimizers, and it's called Capex. What Capex does is three things. First, it breaks down the fats you eat into fatty acids using a proprietary lipase and dandelion extract blend. Most people aren't eating a lot more good fat in their diet these days. This means you're breaking down the dietary fat into usable energy and not storing it. Second, they transport those fatty acids into the muscles and in the liver. And they have several ingredients that dramatically increase the fatty acid oxidation inside your mitochondria, both in your muscles and liver. In other words, it's more fuel into your motor and more horsepower for your motor. If you take three to five capsules of K-Pax in the morning on an empty stomach, the energy is incredible. It feels like a cup of coffee and it lasts six to 10 hours and there's no nervous system stimulation. It works incredible as a pre-workout and even without caffeine. It's one of my go-tos when I'm in a fasted state. Now, it won't make up for bad eating or eating lots of excess calories, especially from processed foods and seed oils, but the research shows that it can raise metabolic rate and boost other fat loss hormones. I highly suggest trying it for yourself. And when you go to kenergize.com slash ketocamp, that's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E forward slash ketocamp, camp with a K, you'll automatically get 10% off any package of Capex with the coupon code KETOCAMP10. That is K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P-1-0. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. Yeah, when I first did carnivora about a year and a half ago was my first 40-day stint with it. I did a whole bunch of lab work on day one, a very comprehensive panel, $3,500 panel. Uh, I got a whole bunch of inflammatory markers, C-reactive protein, homocysteine, fasting insulin, A1C, a full thyroid panel, full hormone panel. So, And then I went all in. I did 40 straight days of carnivore. And then I did the same panel on day 40. 
and it transformed my lab work. Everything improved. My C-reactive protein went, I think it was 1.1 down to 0.5, right? My homocysteine got cut off by a few points. My fasting insulin dropped. My A1C dropped a point. So that's the proof right there. Like you can't argue. Right. And, I, and, I, and I, I, love I ate nothing but animal fat, cholesterol, saturated fat for 40 days in yeah. a row. But, but also, Austin, the biggest benefit that I got from it not only did I feel really good and my skin complexion improved, but also I have uh, I have autoimmune disease. I have Raynaud's. And before doing carnivore, I would get a flare-up with my Raynaud's just about every single day, either cold hands or I would get hot inflamed hands after eating a meal. So doing 40 days of carnivore, I only had two flare-ups the entire 40 days, and they were very small flare-ups. So it really helped with my with my autoimmune. Yeah, so there you go. That's it's the incredible. proof right yeah, there. I've- I have worked with clients, uh, Raynaud's and then um, rheumatoid. And even within a couple, uh, I think it was two weeks, they had um, tendonitis symptoms. Like that was their kind of their flare ups of it and completely gone. So the results, you know, while you can't promise things in such a short time, uh, it really can be pretty amazing, the results that you see. And I I do the same with kind of that full lab panel that you're discussing. I do that with clients. Um, I do lab recommendations and review, and it's incredible. Even uh, in the cholesterol, like LDL may go up, but HDL, you know, going up triglycerides, going down in such a short time, it's amazing to see, which is, those are the numbers we're really focusing on in terms of predictions for um, cardiac um, events. So it's amazing. And yeah, the inflammatory markers themselves, incredible. Exactly. And that you can't argue that. And I even shared my, my, I shared my, I, on a YouTube video, I shared the entire panel and I think I did a podcast on it as well. And my LDL did go up. Yeah. To your point, but, uh, inflammation went down, HDL went up, triglycerides went down and that's more important than just that one marker. It's so, it's so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. If anything, we want to see LDL go up. Um, I reassure clients of this because that is becoming now your main fuel source. So you want to have that fat in your blood and, and available to your body to shuttle out to your organs and to you know perform so that it is uh, you can have it to function. So that's actually a good thing. But yes, of course, the, the your primary care doctor is going to say statin about a million times until um, he's blue in the face. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. How okay? How does somebody? Let's say they do three months of carnivore. They got amazing benefits, but they want to transition. They want to see and identify if there were some foods that were causing flare-ups. How would you transition from carnivore back to a keto approach? What would be your approach for that? Yeah, so I think it depends on the person um, as far as what to start to incorporate. But to be um, more, you know, as in terms of what their triggering foods were before, so that could vary based on the fact that if like sugar or sweet tasting foods are a trigger for them, um, then obviously I'd avoid things like fruit and stuff. Though for someone who, if that's not an issue, you know, starting by incorporating berries, things like that, I think is totally okay. Avocado is a pretty safe one. I really haven't seen people react to avocados. For some people, they've eliminated even eggs on carnivore. So seeing whether or not they can incorporate, particularly the egg whites are very, you know, the most allergenic. Uh, If you can get corn and soy free eggs, that's ideal. Even people have um, no issues with duck eggs. They have problems with chicken eggs. So again, kind of where they're at, like someone with an autoimmune condition, maybe much more sensitive to eggs versus someone who just went carnivore to see how it could improve their health. 
for without any any um, background diagnosis. But yeah, so it depends on the person, but avocados are pretty safe. Um, even the lettuces, squash, some people like to start incorporating white rice, not a huge fan, but it's, it's doesn't generally cause a lot of digestive issues. So it's something to try. But I usually will start with like avocado, squash, lettuce, berries. I'm not a huge fan of the very high fructose fruits in general. Uh, I'm not a fan of like, I don't find that anybody really needs honey on a, on a carnivore-ish or ketovore diet. But if it's something someone wants to incorporate... How would you recommend spacing that out? Let's say they want to do avocados. Oh, yeah, like the yeah, would you do like one day, one food at a time, a few days? Like, how would you do that? Yeah, so for me, um, I think that our body, you know, you could introduce it um, one day, but our body takes some time to process things. So I like to um, have them do one thing at a time and incorporate a small amount of it on the first day and just increase it a little bit each day for three to four days and then kind of stop it and give your body three to four days to kind of react. So I would say one food a week at a time, again, working up the amounts in the fir- in those first three to four days, and then seeing um, over three to four days of not having it if you notice anything. I love that. It's exactly what I recommend. I know it's a, it's a long kind of gradual approach, but it's, it's, it's so powerful that you get to identify what foods are you know, causing uh, destruction in your body essentially or, or weakening you versus foods that you're actually are, are aligned with. It's worth it. Yeah. And you've already done, you know, so much work to eliminate them. Um, but people do get very excited when they know that they can start incorporating things. So they do want to rush the process, but it's kind of uh, a good example that I give is people who want to reintroduce coffee and they go for the coffee and they add all the milk, you know, and then they're like, I don't know. I felt like crap the next day. And it's like, well, was it the coffee or was it the dairy that you put in it? We don't know. So you do have to do things one at a time, even down to that little nuance. Uh, it matters just to, to give yourself feedback. That's, that's the whole reason is taking your health to the next level. So that feedback's important. It's very important. It's, it's important to do it. I, I agree. What's the last message you want to leave for the keto campers in regards to this topic of carnivore? Um, in the sense of carnivore, I would urge everyone, you know, to, to give it a shot, to try it. If you are struggling with any type of digestive issues, or you just want to experiment and, you know, kind of be a science nerd like me, take your health to the next level. A lot of times we are at this, um, baseline that we don't even recognize could be that baseline could be better. That baseline could be improved. So I think always striving to improve your health is something health is a lifelong journey. It really never ends. Uh, you never have health dialed in 110%. So I think trying it, um, you have nothing really to lose. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But there, there's always an opportunity to experiment and and focus with that, focus on you and in your knees and what works for you and not just what is trendy or what is um, other people are doing or mainstream because that comparison social media gets us trapped in that very often so if you are going to do it and experiment do it for you know the why that you're doing it for great advice i love that where can they go check out more of your work austin 
yeah, so if you want to book a call with me, I talk about anything that I can potentially help you with, whether it's, you know, a custom plan or labs or just a Q&A, um, you can always book a call, a free call on my website, qualitycarnivore.com. I'm on IG at Quality Carnivore. I'm on Facebook. I always do an IG live every week and I'll ha have guests on. So if you have any potential guests that you want to hear from or you want to be a potential guest, I love sharing um, the stories that people experience with, you know, turning to a keto or carnivore diet and, and improvements in their health so we can continue to spread this message. So feel free to reach out. I love it. We'll put all that in the notes of the podcast. So go check out Austin, go send her some love, reach out to her. Thank you for being a science geek and for yes. applying this information on you yourself. On that same level. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I get it. I get it. And I, we, we appreciate your, your story and what you're doing to help people heal their bodies. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share it. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Ben. I hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation with Austin Cavelli. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at Quality Carnivore. Her website is qualitycarnivore.com. We're going to put links and resources of everything mentioned down in the show notes below. If you want to learn more about carnivore, I do have an entire chapter written on carnivore. The four different levels to do carnivore can be found in my book, Keto Flex. You could get the book Keto Flex over at ketoflexbook.com. If you got any value from this show, text it to a friend, copy and paste the link, put it in a text message, post it on your social media, spread the message out there. Carnivore could be a terrific tool to heal the gut, reduce inflammation, help you burn fat and help you feel like a rock star. If you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so right now. And thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.